the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. A views of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, well, it's Share the Show Tuesday. So you're going to have to wait for our top story as we welcome new listeners, tell you what to expect, tell you why someone decided to share the show with you today. We, I'm Monica Perez, Brad Binkley, here with me, my co-host. I used to have a radio show called The Monica Perez Show on Terrestrial Radio, where we brought to the people big picture uh, and deep, deep of center is what we used to call it. Stories that really woke people up and it was great. And and we were well-trained and we did a good job. And things just, truth got to be a little too much, I think, for the mainstream. So when that gig ended, we decided to bring our skills to the Daily Show that we were basically being trained to bring, to bring you news of the day. But without all the propaganda, without the agenda, without the stuff, the mainstream media that you listen to now, just in the past year, it's gotten to the point where it's all agenda. Like you can turn on the radio and you know you're not getting a two-sided discussion of anything from COVID to uh, to politics, you know, the difference between what happened on January 6th or protests last summer, you're just, you're going to get whatever the message they want you to receive. And we think it's important to know what's going on because you have people out there, your family, your kids, they're getting this propaganda night and day. And you need to know the truth behind these stories. And the stories are important because they're giving you these stories for a reason. They're there to manipulate you. So you need to understand that as well. But one thing I discovered during uh, our meetups a couple of weeks ago, and also lots of emails I've gotten, is that this is more than that. We hear that we are the community we're creating, the fact that we're talking to each other, a lot of people are listening, knowing the truth. It's keeping us who can still think critically, feel sane in a world that seems to be totally controlled by what uh, one of our favorite propagandists calls the uh, passions, uh, common passions or crowd passions, community passions rather than critical thinking. So we try to keep you sane. We try to keep you informed. We try to keep you aware of why you're being told these things. And we're trying to help help you navigate your family, friends, your workplace with a filter that pulls out what it is that the the what's dangerous about this propaganda. And maybe if enough people wake up or somebody who listens can start another brush fire, maybe we will be able to beat back the agenda that this propaganda is devoted to. So that's what we're looking for here. And with that, let's get to our first story, Politically Charged. And I, I for one was pretty confident this wasn't going to go down as easy as it seemed. So we're talking about the Chauvin trial. Thought, wow, you got a conviction. People have to be happy. You don't really get a lot of happiness out of protesters like that. But then another shoe dropped. Binkley, what you got? Yeah, a photo has emerged online, obviously, of a Chauvin juror at a protest wearing a shirt that says, get your knee off our necks and wearing a BLM hat. This 
juror is the first juror to speak out publicly about the trial. His name is Brandon Mitchell, and he's given a number of interviews since the trial saying that it wasn't the pressure to come to a guilty verdict, that instead it was a simple fact that they had to come in and watch a black man die and that that is what compelled the verdict. So this is uh, this is an interview that the media on the left has used to say, no, it had nothing to do with jurors feeling pressured or being worried about protests that they genuinely came to the verdict and now it appears that this juror had some bias and some of the questions that they had these questions they were asked before when they were doing the try the jury selection and when he was asked about whether or not he or any family member had ever attended a protest or a demonstration he said no and so this could compel an evidentiary hearing where they bring him in. So they put the juror on trial and they try and determine if he was misleading or if he had a predetermined idea of what he was going to a verdict in his head, which could have tainted the rights of Chauvin. And this could lead to potentially or be a contributing factor to the verdict being thrown out in appeal. It's pretty amazing that the guy happens to be wearing a shirt that is directly a reference to the case at hand. Yeah. His defense of it was that he wasn't at a protest that was for George Floyd. It was a Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech commemoration, but he's still wearing a shirt directly referencing Floyd. Yes. Right. And and my skeptical mind says this is not just some serendipity that's gotten us from here. I could just as easily think, I mean, who's going to benefit the most from that is the defense. So it, it, it was more likely to be a defense plant than anything else. That's a possibility for sure. I, I don't know what kind of charges one might face, though, if or if they could face any. I'm not sure if a juror can get in trouble for doing something like that, if that would put I them guess, in jeopardy. I guess if he answered the questions untruthfully, that could be perjury. But I, I also think that there's a psychological element here akin to when Warren Beatty gave the... There was like a woke movie and then there was a white movie and he gave the woke movie the Oscar and then had to take it back and give it to the L.A. movie. Don't you remember that? I'm not sure. I believe there was a movie with a black cast and then a movie of like La La Land or something. And I think he gave the wrong Oscar out and, and then had to take it back and it felt very screwed again yeah so it was like the miss america pageant when he yes. announced the wrong winner yeah who was it the guy with the uh toupee who does family feud family feud guy yeah he's very he's a character i can't remember his name i can't remember either yeah he is a character steve harvey yes there you go so he uh so yes it was just like that it was weird like that whole course of events was strange and it felt bad and weird and this would be just the kind of thing that would you know it's like an easter egg to be like see see you think they're on your side and then look what happens yeah so we're definitely going to be seeing stuff about the appeal coming into the news very soon and with that said there is the new big lie we talked about the big lie yesterday well trump has responded to cheney's cheney's daughter what what was that story from yesterday i was trying to piece it together with the big lie that i saw that i saw i tweeted at you Trump said this about the big lie. So yesterday it was Liz Cheney said what? Liz Cheney was trying to get ahead of the 
election inspection, the vo- the I, the voter inspection, the the ballot inspection, excuse me. And she said anybody who's pushing this idea that the election was stolen is propagating a big lie. And she, I can't remember her exact words, but she used some very dramatic language about how it's just horrible. And Trump responded to that by saying the fraudulent presidential election of 2020 will be from this day forth known as the big lie. He released this in a statement last night, and this is similar to what Trump did with the fake news thing. The fake news thing came out, it was propagated initially by First Draft News and picked up by the media, and they all were accusing Trump of spreading fake news, and Trump just kind of co-opted it and started saying that they're fake news, and that's actually also a narrative warfare strategy we heard (laughs) Ajit Mon talk about, and instead of... Allow instead of pushing back against it, co-opting what the other side is using against you, and then using it against them. We see that all yes, the all the time. time. Totally. I mean, that is just isn't that kind of stealthy yeah, signature? You did it. No, you did it. You did it. You did it. Yeah. Speaking of the the whole flip the script thing, one big one for me was how, and I see this all over the place. The left or whomever, like I can't even call it the left or the right anymore, but you'll get people who with one breath will totally denounce conspiracy theorists, theories, all that with one breath. And then in the other, I mean, literally, like I've had this happen to me, we'll talk about Russian interference and and this crazy conspiracy theory that Russia interfered in the 2016 election to get Trump elected over Hillary. And I mean, that whole story was was a waste of resources. It was absolutely preposterous. And that guy, Christopher Steele, was a discredited. He was a, a spy in Russia way back in the day, decade ago, but he was outed. So he can't he's not a spy anymore. And his stuff is basically would be, you'd have to take it with a grain of salt just from the starters. And then all the stuff you pulled out about him from McCain to Andrew Wood and all those guys who, who were behind the scenes when this thing emerged. That's a long story we'll get into, but didn't he come back? He's back in the news. He's trending today and he's trending because apparently Christopher Steele produced a second unverified unverified, I will emphasize that, dossier about Trump while Trump was president, an anonymous report says, or or, a report says, according to anonymous sources, that's a real shock there, but this published unverified second dossier was made between 2017, January 2017 and January 2021, and allegedly includes further claims of Russian meddling and sex tapes. Oh my gosh! Very generally, sex who? tapes. I don't know who said. Yeah, I don't, who, who's sex tape? Maybe it's his own sex tape. Because his thing I don't about know. Trump with a prostitutes peeing about Obama. You know that whole story was w- w- crazy on every level because Trump is cheap and a germaphobe and definitely doesn't care about Obama. This just shows absolutely. This shows that they talk in the CIA documents about. In the use of deception, the use of rumor, and how powerful the rumor can be because it can take hold as a truth if repeated enough and is seems plausible to the target audience anyway. And the fact that they're putting this story in the news after the first one has never been verified and is 
pretty much completely bogus. And then they're putting a second one in there and they're they're qualifying it saying this one's also unverified, mind you. But we're going to talk about this rumor anyway. To me, this is them getting ahead of the election inspection, the ballot inspections. I think they're afraid of what those ballot inspections are going to find. I know I keep saying that, but they are they are pushing hard right now against Trump. There's something else, too, though. So I talked to Massimo Matsuko yesterday. He's the guy who does those documentaries I love. Met him on the Union of the Unwanted. And he scared the crap out of me. At the same time, he gave me a weird kind of hope. He didn't mean to do either, but this is what he did. <laughs> so I said, like, I think Biden's setting us up for big war in Syria. And he said, you'll be lucky if what you get is more war in Syria. Ukraine is getting hot. Like there is it is like Europe versus Russia. They're sick of it. They're not fooling around anymore. And if you are going to continue to back Ukraine like you always have in the post coup Ukraine, then you got problems. So it's going to get hot there. And I feel like that is he he i mean i was talking to him and nothing nothing about him really makes me think like he's blowing smoke at all this guy like i was totally convinced by his sincerity and his research and everything and his perspective so i had to take it seriously and now i am a little worried about that i do see on anti war scott horton maybe we should try to talk to him about it that that's bubbling up but what gave me hope and changed the way i think from the matsuko stuff is this thing of like our constant bombardment of propaganda and this feeling of it's all inevitable and all that, that that was a Marxist thing. Like there was an inevitability. And I know you've mentioned this was a part of their kind of brainwashing. Yeah. Like it's inevitable. Be on the winning side, you know, whatever. Just give up. Yeah. The right it side goes, of history. Yeah. And it goes with people saying like the the whole like with things a rapist might say, Pat, just let this happen. You know, <laughs> yeah. just let the just get the vaccine. Just give up. And I realized that if there really is, if we are headed towards a hot war with Russia and China, that's really terrifying. Yeah. But if if there if there is absolutely no control on the higher level than that, then maybe we do have hope. And maybe that is why the, the propaganda is so constant. But the hope is a very it's a, a post catastrophic hope. And it's that I'm not I'm not ready for. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I won't go too deep into it, but that does make me think of these, quote, UFOs. that keep saying that, that they are spotting and get more oh. and more in the news. I think that all wraps in with the potential of a hot war. He did a documentary on UFOs. Really? You should flip through or if you get a chance that Jim Keith book I sent you, just yeah. flip through it, read one paragraph in a middle page somewhere just to yeah. like see if it's interesting. And uh, and I'll, I'll watch that documentary because whether they're UFOs or not, even our favorite UFO expert, CE5 guy recognizes that tons of this UFO stuff we hear are, is disinformation well, and misleading. Absolutely. Tucker Carlson talked about it the other day, and he said what I've been saying for months, which is, which if is these why? are actually things we don't know, then we should be terrified. <laughs> so now that he's saying it, I'm questioning yes, my own thoughts yes. on it. But Yes, yes. No, no. I mean, they that I am sure. I mean, look, there's nothing we can think about anything they say that they haven't thought about right. us thinking about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you read those scenarios and it's just it's like they're reading your diary and like, well, if you take Monica's diary, blah, 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 blah. You know, right, like yeah. we can still beat it. You know, it's like, what? So. So, yes, he they, you can't escape them. I mean, having foreseen every possible scenario, but that's why I feel like I, it gives me renewed 
energy to continue to try to peel away the propaganda. Because what happened with him is he he did this documentary on 9-11 because he was just pissed. He was living in L.A. He was like a fashion photographer and a filmmaker. And he had a friend back in Italy because he was very connected and he wasn't like a weird conspiracy theorist guy who was like our program director at WSB. He was just a, like a guy who cared about good programming. And it was way back, like 15 years ago, well before things really shut down. And the guy aired it like on the Channel 5. Yeah. Oh, aired wow. the 9-11 documentary that, that'll blow you away. Like he just aired it. So now and when I went to Italy not that long ago, a couple of years ago, our tour guide, I immediately, of course, every person I meet, I'm just like, so like, you know, right? And anyone who's not American knows everything. And she totally knew. But like actually in France and England, they weren't as like, yes, I know. And he said, yeah, people in Italy are totally woke to it because of his documentary. Wow. Yes. That's, that's interesting. Yes. So that's hopeful. I mean, it's it's harder to bust through now. But anyway, his next project is going to be the canceled COVID cures. So or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. So that's helpful. He did one on cancer. He did one on UFOs. He's RFK. I couldn't watch the RFK one because it was so sad. Anyway. Oh, that'll be free on Rockfin probably tomorrow, right? You yeah. think? Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Oh, yes. Bill and Melinda Gates. They're getting divorced. <laughs> I can't believe that. They made joint statements. They released the exact same statement. And it says, after a great deal of thought... And a lot of work in our relationship. We've made the decision to end our marriage over the last 27 years. We've raised three incredible kids and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable people to lead healthy, productive lives. And they will continue, blah, 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 to work together in the foundation to help you. It sounds like Trump listing off his accomplishments. We had the best marriage ever. We're, we're separating, but man, <laughs> we accomplished so much. We got so many vaccines and so many arms. I feel like it's more like a reverse merger, like a divestiture. Yeah. And, and, and because because Bill Gates seems pretty comfortable in the villain role, I I I think there's a, a lot of different possible scenarios, and here's one of them: possible scenario how this unfolds. So Melinda Gates wasn't just a secretary; she was a little more um, important than that. Like not important, but like relevant to the deep state stuff. Important in like this I I elite sense of the word, and uh, so. I think it's possible that what they'll do is they'll have her take center stage on the foundation stuff with the implicit truth that women often are just shadowed, like put in the shadow of their men, even though they're the ones with the bright, bright ideas. They're the ones calling the shots. So she may emerge as the dominant force. And that way she she can take that money and power away from him. He's he's kind of being the supervillain isn't maybe all it's cracked up to be. Maybe it has a time, you know, expiration date. I yeah. don't know. But I feel like she's going to I feel like she could emerge as prominent. She could teach us all a lesson. She might. I think there's going to be some hashtag me too coming out of this, to be honest. Oh, wow. It's, the picture they tweeted out with it is of Bill Gates slouched down in his chair, how he sits all dopey looking and her just towering over him with like her back arch straight looking. It's not a flattering picture of her. It, it, it's a really odd choice of photos to share. It, does he look like an, a, like a beta incel? Yes. Or and she looks like <laughs> she looks like she is the dominant force in the relationship, clearly in the photo. Uh -huh. At least one of the photos going around. That's interesting. 
Because yeah. I, I think that's going to be the the feeling that emerges. Yeah. Well, we only got to like half of what <laughs> we wanted to get to. But I am going to, therefore, take my biggest story of the show, which is, is big for us, for people who listen to us. It's like it'll blow your mind because it, it's going to fold in so many things that we've talked about before and really show how propaganda works, yeah. what you're reading in the news and what's really going behind the scenes. That's going to be in the uh it'll the last story of the free 30 all right it's i'm not even going to tell you what the topic is it's just going to blow your mind okay <laughs> then in the patron 15 that was thunder did you just hear that no like the room just thunder. shook clouds bumping into each it was other bill gates yeah liam chef the book that i recommended in our newsletter for this month was Official stories, counter arguments for culture in need. And one of his chapters is on the electric universe. And he just says it's kind of silly to think that thunder and lightning are just clouds crashing into each other, that it's more likely electrical discharge, which it is. So anyway, little diversion (laughs) there. Okay, so uh, what do condom sales and vaccine parties have in common? Binkley's going to bring us that important story in the patron 15. And I want to talk about uh, the question, have you ever gone camping and just never wanted to return to civilization? You are not alone. I'll tell you about an example of just that thing in the patron 15. But before we get to all that, I would like to give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, you are loved. You are loved dot store. U Y O U A R E L O V E D dot S T O R E. Or you can go to the properport.com and go to the shop, click on the sponsors button, and you will be able to click through to their thing if you just don't remember it. So you are loved dot store is some products that i think are absolutely fantastic for mother's day mother's day is on sunday so it might be too late but it's never too late even to send a late present i got for my daughter a most of their products right now are just this really really cute it's all you need really logo you are loved and i love it so i got my mom my sister people who are moms I sent in advance the You Are Loved mugs and wine glasses or or like wine cooler things. And for my daughter, I got her a You Are Loved pillowcase because it's so cute. It's perfect for her room. And I just want when she goes to sleep at night for her to know You Are Loved. Yeah. And it's close to my heart because it was created by our two of our listeners, Kat and Jackie, longtime supporters, patrons, patron saints who've connected through our DPPs. And I like to think of this, them, their connection, this, these products as the ultimate pink pill. So you take the red pill of I'm totally woke and you add to that the white pill of but there's hope and you get the pink pill which actually is perfect for their heart-shaped logos for their You Are Loved products. And it's really fun. I love it. It'd be nice to get it in time for Mother's Day, but if not, it's still worth perusing yeah. and maybe making a purchase for I someone love the you love. I love positivity. 
It is. And it's really beautiful. Like there's, there's some talent there. So check that out. You are loved dot store. And we do like it when you support our sponsors, support our, us by supporting our sponsors, but you can also support us by supporting us. So I will tell you that just as an overview, this is share the show Tuesday, what we have to offer. So we give, we do a free show 30 minutes every single weekday of news of the day. And that's a lot. And every other Friday we do an interview of a principal thought leader or a subject matter expert. And those are very popular as well. But we have two subscription services, patreon.com slash propaganda report, where there are different tiers. You can get an extra 15 minutes every day of this content. Actually, the, the patron 15 is a little deeper dive, a little let your hair down from us. You have to earmuff the kids because we stop watching our language when you know, we don't ever do it. And you never have to hear these commercials again because the whole 45 minutes is in one continuous stream. But then we have other tiers for live streaming stuff, cocktail parties, Zoom parties. We have patron only Q&A. So there's we have repeatedly been told we give the most bang for the buck, both quality and quantity. So you're going to want to check that out. And then that's all great. But and I give you credit for this, Binkley. You really knocked the cover off the ball with the Rockfin stuff. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We do at least an hour every week of like the mega deep dive where Binkley unearths basically Zoom calls among the power elite plotting their propaganda, their um, mind control techniques on the population. It will blow your mind. Sometimes it just dropped that day and then you will see it unfold in the next weeks to come. One, one example was when you saw them plotting to target people of color for the Vax propaganda. And yeah. I mean, it was like it rolled out. I mean, you might as well have had a blueprint for what was going to happen the next two weeks and it's still yeah. happening now. So you can go back and watch those old videos. Uh, those ones are exclusive. You have to actually subscribe through one of our videos just go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report but a lot of the other stuff is is free we put all our videos there free we're going to put the massimo matsuko video free you just have to register so yeah and we just dropped our latest video today before we started recording so it's uh on Twitter now and on rockfin.com slash propaganda report where we deconstructed Stephen Colbert's World War II like propaganda and we compared and contrasted the interviews that Jimmy Kimmel did with two former crackheads, one Hunter Biden, the other Mike Lindell. So we showed how differently he treated the two despite the fact that they had similar problems in the background. It's, it's eye opening. I think that was the most fun one that we've ever done, the most kind of pop one. And yeah. I really loved it. It was like very maybe we, next time we do something like that, we can combine it with a cocktail party. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, the other ones you can go. So that's fun. That's right now. And it is good. It's deep and it's analytical about propaganda and techniques. And then the but all the older videos that we've done, yeah. then all are available to you, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that whole archive highly recommend. And it's like Netflix and that you get to watch everybody's content. Everybody. I mean, Jimmy Dore, Whitney Webb, Sam Tripoli, all of our friends are there. It's really, really fun. I mean, Sam is the only one of those people that are friends of ours. <laughs> I don't know the other guys, but people like them. And many of our friends are there. So if you like the Union of the Unwanted, tons of us are there. We just got our buddies, the History Homos on there, which we love. So it's lots and lots of fun. Love it. And uh, 
now on to the last story of the free 30. Okay. So I read this story and I kept digging and kept digging. And I was like, it was like reading from one of your, one of like some of the world economic forum press releases or videos that you find for us. So it started with me seeing an article on Fox news today saying Coca-Cola has paused its controversial diversity plan, a plan that included penalties on outside law firms if they fail to meet racial diversity quotas. Did you hear about this? No. Okay. So the Coke's former general counsel, Bradley Gayton, abruptly resigned last month after less than a year on the job amid criticism of the quotas that he instituted. Some questioned whether his policies violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which says employers can't treat people differently based on their race. So what they were saying was that law firms would have to take less money or lose their Coke contracts entirely if they did not change the diversity profile of their lawyers. So, wow. See, I've heard about their training, their in-house training, but I did not hear about this in reference to the lawyers. Yeah. And this guy, Bradley Gayton, he was in Ford for the longest time and he just went to Coke last month or last year. And what he said was, uh, my wife and I are from Syracuse, New York, and we wanted to stay in that area. But we looked at We scanned the major firms at the time, and I don't believe, so I'm quoting him because this is very nebulous, there were any black partners, and there were very few women. I couldn't identify any gay or lesbian partners. So we concluded- Wait, you couldn't identify any gay or lesbian? How would you identify them unless you're stereotyping, I wonder? Good point. Uh, Anyway, he said they concluded it was not likely that- I, he didn't say we, said that that he would be successful in any of those firms if others had failed to achieve success. So he didn't like look and see how many black partners were, black people were on partner track. And how, so, and chances are they'll move you around. They will move you around. So like if you come up in a podunk office and you're really good, they will move you out a lot of times. So I didn't even look into a job in that area. I think he's full of it. Anyway, he said uh, he saw diverse profiles at law firms in New York, Philadelphia and D.C. So we decided to look there. Okay, so then he was at Ford. He grew up in Ford. He became general counsel at Ford. And then last year he moved into uh, Coke. Okay, so I'm and then he's taken the fall for these policies. I found from. So he took the fall last month for these policies. I found from February on LinkedIn, right? Isn't that our guy, Reed Hoffman, who who stole the election in Alabama for Dave Jones? It says, this is an article on LinkedIn. Virtual Davos highlights urgency for purpose-driven action. Okay. And I hate to read you stuff, but I'm reading it. Say say that part again. Purpose-driven action. Virtual Davos, right? Which took place recently. Highlights the urgency for purpose-driven action. All right. So this author writes, Every January, representatives from the Coca-Cola company join fellow business executives, heads of state, and civil society leaders in Davos, Switzerland, for the World Economic Forum's annual meeting. It is 
an opportunity for us to share our environmental, social, and governance priorities, right? That's your ESG mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Okay. She, I guess this is somebody at Coke writing this. Our chairman and CEO spoke on a forum panel about the critical role companies like Coke play in advancing a new social contract with government, society, and fellow business. He says, as he noted, our responsibility transcends the walls of our company. All right. So this person is reporting on the CEO of Coke at Davos in February. He says large organizations like us must help influence the wider ecosystem by being the engine that drives us all forward. This means setting clear principles and policies on issues that matter. Uh. Yeah. Our global general counsel, Bradley Gayton, recently issued new guidelines for the company's outside legal counsel, highlighting our requirements related to diversity and inclusion on legal matters for which they are responsible. The guidelines include an expectation that 30% of build time come from diverse lawyers, with at least half of that coming from black lawyers. Okay. At Davos, the CEO of Coke is highlighting what he has empowered, if not mandated, his new general counsel to do. And that guy just took the fall for it because of the pushback. Where did we hear about the pushback? So that was in a Rockfin video that something like that was recently. What was the Rockfin video we did where that like Austrian guy was from the, oh, it was from the JFK school. Yeah, the ones where we had all the CEOs that were talking. No. The JFK School. Oh, yeah. Right. The JFK School of Government from Harvard. You brought us their Zoom call or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And the guy who was all about lawyers. Remember, he was the guy who was all about lawyers. Yeah, he's the guy who created the UN principles that he he thinks the world should model after. And it was about lawyers. Mm -hmm. And he said, the first movers will get some pain. It will hurt them. But they will be yep. the last company standing. So take this as a warning. Your company might be standing, but somebody's going to take the fall. Take and the in fall. this case, it was the black guy. Uh, and so this is a black guy that took the fall. Wow, yes. that's really interesting. My ESG the, thing But is- the CEO is a white guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that could be considered racist, depending on how you look at it. Well, but given yeah. that, <laughs> that was what the CEO told him to do. Right. I'm sure he's probably going to get some sort of bonus out of this. It's I fine. Yeah, it's he doesn't care. Like he's probably willing to get the vax even if it kills these, me so that other people also get the vax, you know? Like he's yeah. a he's a martyr but he probably has an insane golden parachute. Oh, I'm sure. These companies have to highlight their failures of diversity in order to then correct it or make signals of correcting it to show their allegiance with a great reset and there's going to be a fall guy when it when the backlash happens. So I I'm sure they have built we're going to see this a lot this type of thing i think it was just so crazy though because as soon as i saw what he did i was like that's esg stuff and then i saw that he took the fall and i was like what is his backstory and i looked and looked and i i couldn't really find cfr council foreign relations or but when i googled world economic forum i got that it was more than i ever expected to find like smoking gun wise but it completely points the finger at the ceo i put all the links in the show notes i put them for you if you would include them in the show notes i'm probably yeah yeah definitely all right so i have yeah i have a huge 
Maybe that kind of stuff isn't great for Share the Show Tuesday because here's one thing about the show to the extent that new listeners have made it this far. It feels like you're just jumping in the deep end of freezing cold water like the first time you listen sometimes because it's hard to catch up but two or three times in two or three shows in and it's you pick up the thread no problem and then if you're really good eventually you can you're sending us the stories and telling yeah. us peeling away the propaganda people can find that at the com in the press pool it's pretty it's pretty robust right now where people are just like check this out check that out it's very fun it's like a it's like a uncensored tweet Twitter. So I have a huge shout out. It's such a huge shout out that uh, I'm actually a part of it. This is a big shout out to Childerberg. I don't know if people have heard of Childerberg. Childerberg, C-H-I-L-L-E-R-B-U-R-G.com or at Childerberg on Twitter. Friends of ours, patrons of ours, uh, people we've done swap casts with, been on their show are, I guess, uh, Childerberg himself is maybe the only he's known as like the only libertarian that can actually organize people <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah. most libertarians are just totally individualists like herding cats right. this guy happens to have a knack for it he's a lovely guy but anyway they all a lot of these guys live in Texas and he is he organized a third annual uh, Childerberg which is three days of camping and fun at Mule Shoe Bend Recreational Area that's outside of Austin, Texas. It's May 29th to the 31st, so it's the end of this month. It's Memorial Day weekend. You can sign up for the newsletter or follow them at Twitter at Childerberg. And it is at no cost to attend, although he does appreciate donations. I hope, remind me to... Childerberg, please, if you're listening, remind me to make a donation. I certainly will. But not, and maybe I'll just uh, slip you a few bucks in person because I will be there for the Saturday afternoon event. It's a three-day thing. People have a great time. I think I, I'm sure people bring their kids and everything. Uh, the big show that I'm going to is on May 29th at Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery. That's the part I like. Uh, the show is going to... Feature music from Queasy, Nick P, Owen Glass, and the Palace Saints, as well as comedy from Brian Breckenridge and Robbie the Fire Bernstein, co-host of Part of the Problem. And he's, I, he, he, uh, I think he hits that, the comedy scene pretty hard. I'm not, I don't know about the kids at that one, but the whole thing seems like a very family friendly event i'll definitely have at least one family member with me i think i think my husband's not giving me a whole pass he's actually gonna chaperone me to this <laughs> one a <laughs> neighbor seems like you know all pass so he's like so uh three days of fun in the campground sounds like huh? burning man kind of so he... <laughs> no 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 i can't we can't i think people bring their kids i think it's fun i don't think anyone ever brought their kids to burning man is that right <laughs> so no 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 but childerberg is just uh it's just my husband said it's a conference or is it a festival? It's like, I think it's it's closer to a festival. Yeah. But anyway, it's going to be super fun. Highly recommend people go. I'm going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there Saturday afternoon, which is what Childerberg wanted us to all know about. But check the whole thing out at Childerberg on Twitter or Childerberg.com. And with that, on with the Patron 15.
All right, you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content Monica was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and join up there. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a great Share the Show Tuesday. <laughs>